everyone. Welcome back to the Business Engineer Podcast. I am super, super excited to be sitting with Richard Burnett Jr. as we talk about his brand and some um, product-based inventory, um, as well as talking about his luxury watches. So, Mr. Burnett, it's always great when I can just introduce somebody, but I would love for you to tell us about you and your business. Okay, great. Uh, thank you. First of all, thank you for having me on your podcast. Um, and a little bit about myself. Uh, of course, my name is Richard Burnett Jr. I was born in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, um, raised in Seattle, Washington. 26-year-old entrepreneur um, and owner of the Auburnett brand, which is a luxury wooden watch company. Um, it was founded in 2019. Um, it was started off as an idea. The idea of my brand came first because I wanted to create a platform to give myself a voice as well as people um, around me and, and, you know, just to also reach out to the community. Um, so the brand came first and then I had the, I needed a product to go behind the brand. Um, so watches was the perfect thing because um, it has value. Um, it paints a picture and it's something that creates a lifestyle and stays with the uh with the person throughout their lifetime so um yeah that's pretty much uh the gist of our brand brand so i love that you mentioned that um you know you are a 26 year old entrepreneur i do have a lot of listeners who are and they are younger so they're like 35 and under um mm -hmm. when you say i know you said that your brand was kind of like first so you kind of had like your own personal brand um, Richard Burnett Jr., like that was your thing. Um, on, mm -hmm. and has it always been on a, has it always been a luxury brand first? Yes, um, I always, I'm very, very quality oriented. Um, so, you know, the word luxury always has had a play in even my, uh, my personal lifestyle. So uh, luxury is something that, you know, every time I wanted to do something or wanted to go out, you know, I had that word in mind. Um, mm -hmm. So when it comes down to luxury, um, I just equate that to just, you know, putting quality first and, you know, everything else will fall in line after that. Yeah, I love that you say that because a lot of people think that you have to sacrifice luxury in order, in like, in like the beginning stages of like any type of entrepreneurship or anything for you to get to that point, you know, like my mm. grandparents, you know, they traveled so much. Um, my grandma, she lived in Germany for years. Like she was mm. very, um, you know, growing up, people would always call me like bougie. Like, you know, I grew up in the hood. So <laughs> for me, it was like, you know, people saw me, they're like, oh, the little bougie mixed chick, you know, like that's what people saw me as. But it's like, no, when you have a certain type of quality mindset, you know, everything about it exudes excellence mm -hmm. in luxury, right. you know, and a lot of times luxury quality doesn't always have to be so expensive either. Um, and sometimes right. that can be inexperience. Um, sometimes people don't look at experiences as luxury, um, being Definitely. able to travel. Um, so knowing that you are in a, you do have a product-based business, which I always tell people, if you have a product-based business, more power to you because mm -hmm. it is a lot. Uh, I know a lot of entrepreneurs that come to me 
and mm-hmm. they want to start with a product, but they don't truly understand all that it entails. So I am curious to know, did you have any kind of background when you originally started with your products, with the watches? Or did you just kind of like, look, I know I want to go with this product and you just kind of learned it all on the whim? Mm-hmm. So um, as far as watches, I was, I didn't really have any knowledge on it, to be honest, um, before starting Arbonette um, brand. Uh, I was never a watch fanatic as, um, as a kid. I fell in love with uh, watches, you know, a few months before I started Arbonette brand. Um, so my experience was, was in sales, was, um, in, you know, um, in particular in car sales. Uh, so when it came down to, you know, showing who I was as a person and being, uh, you know, in the midst of talking to different consumers, I always had that within me. Uh, but as far as in particular, when it comes down to watches, that's something that, you know, once I narrowed down on that product. You know, I fell in love with it and I researched, you know, pretty much from A to Z of, you know, um, what a watch entails and how to, um, you know, make it work. And, you know, I went from there and just, you know, dove into it, did all my research and made sure that I was very knowledgeable about the subject. Mm-hmm. I, I love hearing um, when people don't have a particular background in something. And then they're still being very successful in that area because Mm -hmm. a lot of entrepreneurs are so intimidated. You know, they're like, I got to go back to school. I got to have these type of resources. Now, don't get me wrong. When you're starting Mm -hmm. a business, and I think a lot of times listeners, they get so excited and they're like, oh, well, that person can do it so I can do it too. But a lot of times it takes a lot of, time and excellence in order to build and get into that success but when we're talking about um starting your business and not having the background the motivation comes from from, I have an idea I've done the research to make sure that it can be a successful idea and then Mm -hmm. now I'm getting the steps into play for me to make money and become successful and have a successful business um and I you know, it's always great, you know, when people say they don't have a background, because we hear stories about about this all the time. We Somebody went to college mm-hmm. for one thing, and now they're doing something completely different. Or someone yes. who never went to school at all, and they're CEOs of multi-million dollar, uh, you know, businesses. Or, and, right. you know, these things are rooted from our own individuals in our local community. And I want to especially say you are born I'm in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. A lot yeah. of people in Baton Rouge, it feels like you cannot create, like a lot of people in Baton Rouge feel like Baton Rouge holds them back. And, mm-hmm. you know, from a personal um, reflection, I can say that I don't feel that that's 100% true. I do mm-hmm. feel like for a certain industry, right? Um, I do feel like that this is not a, a market for certain industries, but I don't feel like at, in, there's a blanket statement of the city itself is holding us back because there's not enough opportunity. I do feel like that right. is industry specific. I now, definitely agree so, with that. Mm-hmm. Because when we talk about um, 
you know, even when we talk about luxury, <clears throat> there's a different type of clientele in luxury, even in our community. A lot mm -hmm. of people, and I want to speak to the term luxury itself, a lot of people are scared to create luxury brands because they feel like, oh, you know, I have a luxury brand or I really want to do a luxury brand, but I don't think that people are really going to pay the money for this. Can you express to our audience how did you overcome um, being able to push through, push through the higher price items that you have? Yeah, so to answer that question, it was uh, very hard starting off. Um, I've only been in business a, about a little bit over a year and a half, but when I was first starting off, it was hard to create that narrative um, of a luxury brand. Um, but the way that I overcame that, which is uh, staying consistent um, and making sure that every day I'm finding ways to connect with my target audience, um, and because when it comes down to luxury, you know, uh, we are we always have those um, those brands in our mind that you know evoke uh, luxury. And when we think about luxury, we think about those particular brands. So when it comes down to you know a new one in that realm, it's uh, that wants to be in that realm. Um, sometimes it, it it takes a little bit longer to grasp, but I made sure that I stay consistent. And um, not only did I, you know put out quality, I was making sure that I was reaching the people, not only by social media, by actually talking to them and actually doing events and actually, uh, you know, um, making sure that my marketing conveyed those messages of luxury um, in the way that um, that speaks to the, my brand and resonates with the uh, community and my consumers. Yeah, that's good. You know, one thing people forget is that there's a market for everyone right Definitely. you know when we when i was going into my, uh, starting my businesses and i remember even starting my marketing firm my prices were so cheap to the point where sometimes i was doing stuff for free because i was like i just need the clientele i wish someone told me not to do that <laughs> i wish someone told right. me girl raise your prices you know after a while I did have a, a talk with my mentor and I was very transparent and he was just like, look, you need to raise your prices. Like, this is the number that you're trying to go. This is your goal. You need to raise your prices. And when I did, my biggest fear was, well, the people I was reaching, they wouldn't be able to afford. And, you know, like you said, you have to adjust and make sure that you are producing what exactly you said mm -hmm. that you're producing. We have to tell the story all the time and being in sales, you know, just like you say, you're a car salesman. I've been in sales since I was 18, well, 16 years old. So, mm -hmm. you know, being in sales practically all of my work life, you know, we know that storytelling is what's going to get those invoices paid. That's what's going to get those products sold is being able mm -hmm. to say we have quality and this is how this quality is going to make your life better. There's so right. many people there and people will, will spend money. People will absolutely spend money. I know people who, um, you know, even when we look at the beauty industry, right? The mm -hmm. beauty industry is a, is a billion, trillion dollar industry, really, when we look at yes, it. Like, it is. Because women sp spend money. <laughs> like, when we talk about, like, the finer things and nicer things, like, we will spend money. And it's the same with men when you talk about luxury. 
Like it is the the market is there. People just have to figure out how to get to those people if a luxury brand is truly what you want. So I have one more, well, two more questions, really. So what um, has been your biggest struggle so far um, with having a product-based business? Um, with having a, a product-based business, the, the hardest part, which is, you know, learning, the hardest part for me was just like learning uh, the business on the fly. So um, the birth of Arbornet brand happened abruptly to the point where um, the same week that I incorporated my business is the same week that I got fired from my previous job. Um, so um, from that point, it was either, you know, sink and sorrow or, you know, swim for glory at that point. So when it came down to, you know, having, you know, a substantial amount of income and then not going down to zero, um, I had to figure out how to, you know, generate that back. So when it came down to learning, you know, my business, I had to figure out, you know, um, different shipping methods. I had to figure out how to, uh, how much inventory to keep on hand. So it was basically everything at once I had to basically dive in and learn because I didn't have a background in business at the time. Um, so when it came down to having a product-based business, it was like, you know, it was, you know, fighting through the, you know, making sure that I was optimistic um, every single day because with the business, you're, with the business, uh, you're going to fail probably 10 times a day, but that one win is going to, you know, supersede all of that. So it was mostly just uh, a mental challenge um, of making sure that um, every day I made sure that I was putting back into my business and making sure that it is successful. And then, um, making sure that, you know, the product was uh, a product that sold uh, very, very well and making sure that it was quality first on top of the, the story of our Burnett Burn. That's good. That's really good. So do you have any secrets to managing your inventory? So you said that you, everything was kind of on the fly. And I know that managing your inventory manually can really be such a headache and it can take, it can be very time consuming. Have you found mm -hmm. any secrets to managing your inventory? Uh, the secrets for me that, uh, that really worked was just making sure that uh, you keep uh, records of like, if you have, you know, 10 orders in, in a day, then making sure that you're, if you're doing drop shipping, making sure that you're having, a record of those of those of those sales on a separate sheet so you know um in order to keep up with those and making sure that if you have a best-selling item uh making sure that you keep more of that item more than you know ordering 10 of each item making sure that you're you're, you're keeping track of everything um in multiple ways so when it comes down to you know having you know sales and whatnot you're able to um keep up with everything and making sure that um you're in tune with uh the supplier that you that you choose uh, and then from there it's just you know making sure that you you keep inventory um as far as like the supply and demand so um record keeping and making sure that you have your own personal notes as well as um you know, whatever you choose as far as big commerce or Shopify. Shopify was a good good thing for me um, mm -hmm. because it, it helped me keep track of pretty much everything in a, on a seamless process. Mm 
Um, so records was the biggest thing for me. Yeah, Shopify is really great at providing a like do-it-yourself like system management um, when it mm. comes to selling products and keeping track of inventory, um, labels, things like that. Um, yeah. Audience, I want you guys to, to understand that what Richard just explained was operations management. So mm. if you guys find yourself a little stuck on the steps, um, go to YouTube University. And YouTube University is literally just YouTube. Right. I just call it YouTube University because it's so much free stuff on there. You can find videos on operations management, um, managing inventory, some quick videos that are excellent resources to help you along the way. Um, and uh, the last question, do you have any advice for someone who is researching vendors looking to get started on a product-based uh looking to get started with their product-based business yes definitely um so a, a big uh, a big website um and also the you know the the cheapest route to get in the the largest capacity of like different type of inventory and products would uh, uh would be alibaba um and that's just um you know, um, a wholesale wholesale inventory that you can find pretty much uh, from different countries where it comes down to being overseas and and whatnot. So you'll be able to find different suppliers there. Um, I would just say beware and like do your research, order samples, make sure it's the quality that fits the description of um, of your brand, of your business, um, and then uh, then go from there and build a relationship with them to make sure that they are gonna you know, be there for you um, and for the longevity. Um, so Alibaba is a good website. And also uh, looking into um, different uh, websites. If you have uh, a different, like a product like mine, um, you know, just research and there's different uh, uh, big uh, websites um, in the United States or um, overseas that will um allow you to, you know, um, wholesale, wholesale their products or, you know, making sure that you're, you're able to, um, to, you know, have a product that already has of quality. So big name websites, sometimes they allow you to wholesale their products as well. So um, just making sure that, you know, you, once you are on Alibaba or on these different websites, you know, order samples, make sure that it's of quality um, and then go from there. Awesome. Love it. Love it. So this was great. You gave out some amazing information and some amazing thank nuggets. You, you. I hope that you guys were really tuning in and listening. It's not often that we're able to get someone to really speak about product-based businesses. You know, uh, service-based businesses are, are on the trend right now. And so it's really important, you know, if you're going into a product-based business to get these nuggets, take some of Take some notes and do your research. We are really grateful for you, Richard, to tune in. Um, tell them how Thank they you. can connect with you, your brand, and how they can shop as well. Um, so um, again, um, Richard Burnett Jr., uh, my uh, business Instagram uh, for our Burnett brand is r.burnettbrand, um, and that's at, on Instagram um, and on Facebook as well. Um, my uh, website to shop is arbonettbrand.com. You'll find a selection for men's um, 
wooden watches as well as uh, women's uh, wooden watches. I also have a few other products as far as bracelets and Apple Watch bands, because uh, I know it is a digital world as well. Um, so I wanted to make sure that my consumers were taken care of. Um, but yeah, arbonetbrand.com. Um, and thank you for having me. Awesome. No problem at all. Thank you for joining. You have a good one. You too. Okay, awesome.